play a particular role in horror films. First, we weren't in it. We were played by white people. Yeah. We went from maids to pimps and hoes. If there was somebody black, they would be the first to die. <clears throat> black films hold a mirror up to society, but at the same time give an audience an escape. Shortly after we saw the trailers for Jordan Peele's new movie, and now Octavia Spencer's new movie, my loving fiance sends over the trailer for this interesting documentary called Har Noir. And um, it seems very tailored to our interests. Uh, so we just watched that. Um, the film or the documentary is based on a book of the same name published in 2011. But of course, um, it takes on new meaning in a post get out world. So it really traces through the history of black roles in horror cinema, whether they are seen as the monster or the ones being killed and so on and so forth. what do y'all think of the movie? First of all, that was a very, very well done intro. That Thank was, you. That was, that was very like NPR. I like I was like, well, this is very soothing. I'm right. Terry Real Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I thought it was dope. I was interested just when Mike sent over the trailer, I was automatically interested just because they obviously they have a lot of history to be told about the horror genre. And, you know, they have actors and producers and directors of movies that we've all watched or at least heard of <laughs> at some point. Which movies had you seen specifically? Um, I saw Night of the Living Dead. I saw Dawn of the Dead. I saw uh, Get Out, obviously. I saw, I never saw Blackula. I saw Candyman. Um, Attack on the Block? I didn't see Attack on the Block. Oh, I, okay. I was supposed to actually go to the screening of Attack the Block here back whenever it came out. I guess that was two years ago now. 2017, oh, wow. I think it came out. Maybe 16. But in any event, I was supposed to go to the, the uh, screener here. I never got a chance to go. But I wanted to see it because it was, I thought it was cool because it was in London. Mm-hmm. And I felt like at that time, um, you know, grime music has started to become something that was like really on my radar that I was personally paying attention to. And, you know, obviously there was like a million Drake jokes about him being like, like, you know, full British or whatever. So, oh my God. Um, but I thought it was a cool concept. So I, I definitely want to go back and see that. But just in general, I was just intrigued because I'm very interested in us, uh, Jordan Peele's new movie. And I feel like this is just a good time to get that education in horror um like you said we sat and watched the trailer for uh ma the other day starting uh octavia spencer and i think i tweeted out that it just feels like black people are going to bring the horror genre back to prominence for at least like the next decade mm. if these movies mm. continue to come out in this kind of way because 
I guess, I mean, we talked about before we started recording, like, I feel like a lot of horror movies, at least the horror movies that I've seen recently that star white people are kind of just this haunted house thing that has been done over and over and over again. And it's just not interesting like that anymore. Like, okay, some, you know, Civil War family died here or some small child is here to haunt you or whatever. It's like, okay, enough of that. Like, um, it's been done. It's been done. (laughs) Like, that horse is like been killed and turned into like stripper weave and it's now yes. been recycled to turn into something else like the ho- it's dead it's over for that horse like let's do something else why you gotta do that i'm just saying i'll never look at stripper weave the same <laughs> way again i'm just thinking about the poor horse <laughs> but um i'm i'm not really big on horror movies i never it's never really been my genre but when I saw Get Out, I saw Get Out like three times. It made me interested in what a horror movie could be, mm. because to me, I didn't th- it didn't feel traditional. Like, of course, it's creepy and a lot of like ominous scenes, kind of point you in the direction of what this is. It's a thriller, but of course, the plot twist about the family and the operation, and you know the the social commentary about race, how it was interjected into the story. I was like, wow. You know, like racism is extremely frightening. So, like, mm. and then seeing in the documentary when they talk about like how you know Black Lives, like horror films, you know, like some of the just news reports look like they could easily become movies that will scare a child or scare a person because you know a church being bombed. Right. That's horrifying. Right. So of course, being able to see through that lens, like, wow, Black stories easily translate into horror film as far as the genre goes but obviously like our history in the genre needs to be told for people to understand like how we get from the 60s to get out like that's what i loved about the documentary is show you how in the different eras what a black role looked like what a black story looked like like a blackula crazy yeah. it looks crazy i've never <laughs> seen it but the clips they showed i was like wow this is this is up my alley like i need to see everything about this movie black the Black Avenger, rising from his tomb to fill the night with horror. So I think even if you're not really interested in like horror films, but you're interested in like what uh, you know Get Out's doing or what Ma could potentially be, I think you should watch this to get the history lesson. And even if you're not a horror person, by either just um, taste yeah. or by like fear. I feel like if you watch this, uh, I feel like if you watch this documentary, it will kind of give you a lens to watch the movie with mm-hmm. that maybe will keep you like yeah. slightly separated from being scared out of your mind. If you can watch it from the standpoint of, um, I guess, the history of it or, or notice and paying attention to the small nuances and the messaging and that kind of thing, maybe you can watch some of these films. And not feel like you have to like lock your bedroom door <laughs> later on that night. I mean, racism is a good reason as any to lock your bedroom door at night. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. I'm not someone who defines herself as a horror fan of any stretch. Like um, this film is 
screening is exclusively on Shudder, mm -hmm. uh, which is a new streaming platform exclusively for horror. Directed by Xavier Bergen, by the way. Right, right. Um, and Mike and I have already tried to talk about whether we're going to like see the trial all the way through or not, because he knows that I'm like a scaredy cat by nature. It's just like, <laughs> I jump, I scream, I do all the shit, I gasp. Like I'm just not cut off for that sort of shit. But something that I've come to realize as of late with Get Out, but then also with like the new Halloween movie, for example, mm -hmm. and then with uh, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead was just like, oh, horror is pointed political commentary when right. it's at its best. Um, and I think this film really um, illustrates that to, from like Birth of a Nation where you're seeing that Woodrow Wilson, like when it has a co-sign from the president, what are the implications of that imagery featuring the Ku Klux Klan and a black man being lynched, you know? So like I appreciated being able to see that context all the way through, like as Yo mm -hmm. said, because then in some way... I don't know. Maybe it's like cold comfort that it's all rooted in reality, but it gives itself like a sense of purpose as opposed to like being terrified by the senselessness of it all. It's just like, it doesn't feel like we're inhabiting like a killer necessarily. It's like, oh, we're, t we're, we're showing you this horror for a very particular reason. We're right. forcing you to look in the mirror in a, in a particular way. Um, yeah. I mean, insofar as, you know, art imitates life and, and vice versa, um, the historical context of black people in America and how black people were depicted in these films were clearly, you know, kind of step for step with each other and, and people still, you know, uh, fighting to be represented in a certain type of way. Mm. And I think the part that I think I took away the most from it was as political as I guess the message could be for the film itself. In reality, I guess it has to be political a little bit too for the actors who are playing these roles because when they talk about the tropes in this documentary, they're, they're talking about also, you know, roles that black people got a chance to play when there maybe weren't a lot of black people getting jobs. So as an actor, mm -hmm. you kind of have to ask yourself, you know, do you want to have no job or do you want to have this job that is kind of... Uh, problematic or might not represent your people in the way that you feel like you should be represented on screen but you're also going to do an amazing job of it and it's going to be you know and they didn't uh, the documentary didn't go too much into that part of it mm -hmm. um, sure the moral conundrum the, the, the moral conundrum I mean they did speak about it but I think that the uh, his name is escaping me right now so I'm trying to think the actor that played uh, Candyman um, oh who is it Hold on, I'm about to tell you right now because okay. I, Todd, oh, Tony Todd. That's what I was trying to think. Tony Todd. I think he was the only person that kind of spoke about it near the end about, you know, he wanted to do the best job he could and, and, and just kind of, I got an opportunity, so this is what it is. I think Miguel Nunez also talked about it a little bit too about, you know, just, hey, I got a part and, <laughs> you know, don't, basically the idea is kind of, you know, don't hate on me because I got a part, even if you think that my part is problematic in whatever way and i don't know how you reconcile that i don't think you can when you're an actor you're just trying to get the gig right like you have this idea of what your dream role is so right. you, you want to read hoping you get the lead and then they give you a secondary character but you still play that role in hopes that maybe this job leads me to the job the job you know right. and watching how of course, black actors changed throughout the eras. You know, like the point when they were talking about things like in the 70s where, or was it the 80s where they said that they start removing black people from like the movies and then they start, horror became 
monsters and aliens mm-hmm. and the depictions of their features look close enough to like minority kind of represent exactly black faces right so for that to be a part and then for it to be i think the 80s was the black exploitation period where they start to change like the narrative of what black people look like in these films where now they're pimps and now they're the, like the mm-hmm. the characteristics change based on the time period and now there's more of these movies yes so there's more opportunity for more black actors and more black you know maybe not directors as much i remember i know there was one piece saying that uh i think it was for it wasn't for Dawn of the Dead, and not even I forget what movie it was. They were saying that like I was the only black person on set. Like, well, yeah, right. like everyone making this movie was a that white was, person. That was always the irony behind black exploitation, even with films such as like Superfly and The Mac, which was like they Hollywood kind of just saw a demand, i.e., non-white people are going to movie theaters. Who the fucking thought, right? Yeah. Um, so they decide to create these movies that they thought were specifically catered to that audience to a to a stereotypical fold. But of course, the um, the joke behind that was that like it was always it was always white directors it was always white producers trying to get out what they thought those audiences wanted yeah and therefore you know capitalizing off that shit unfortunately you have to go through these periods as an actor like of course you might think it's weird that you're being casted in these films constantly in these same kind of ways no black people but the target audience happens to be black of course you might feel awkward about that but unfortunately like that's just the period it was like now we're moving to where you got or jordan peele's able to cast an entire black uh cast for a movie like us you oh know? my god like yeah. everyone all all five leading actors all black like i haven't seen was like maybe one or two white people in the trailer yeah elizabeth like, if, elizabeth moss and whoever her boyfriend husband it. is supposed to be are the yeah. only white people i've seen so far so watching the documentary just allows me to feel satisfied and seeing how far we've come yeah. Now, now you get like a lot of point of reference about okay, things have changed. We're not stuck in a period where, like, oh man, ten more years of us being the monsters, or ten more years of us being like the token black person. Like now, we're moving into like, I feel like a new renaissance potentially where we got black directors and black actors are able to represent, like, truly represent what black people's lives look like in a horror space. Mm-hmm. 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 I mean, it's it's significant in part because. Um, Horror in general, I think, was never the sort of genre that got like the Meryl Streep accolades, for Mm -hmm. example, like Jordan Peele winning best original screenplay was like a total feat because the horror never got recognized in those like tuxedo spaces. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, I mean, one, that was just a victory for like horror period. But now we get to see like the genre being embraced as like an actual like art form and like Mm -hmm. it being embraced for the sort of commentary that it can actually lend. And if all that can be done with like an, a number, like an increased number of like non-white voices, then that's all the better. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, there was a, there's a YouTube. If you go on YouTube, you can look up this clip of Jordan Peele talking to students at like a UCLA film class. Yeah. And he's talking about, He's talking about this is like uh, shortly after Get Out won the Oscar, I think. So um, he's just talking about the ability to make these movies mm-hmm. and the kind of stuff that he has to do, I guess, as a director, as far as um, you know, when you have a budget and being able to make the best product you can with a certain amount of money, knowing that as a black director and a, a, a for his, in his particular case a rookie director mm. um 
how much trust he had with the studios even allow him to do that and just kind of building that trust with them and you know knocking one film out you know one film at a time hopefully i do this one and it does well and then maybe they'll let me do a little bit bigger one and a little bit bigger one and then ultimately get to the point where in his words he wants to create you know more um original content mm. not mm-hmm. things that are based off other things already and not remakes and just you know it feels like horror is a place where he can really get that off as opposed to trying to make an original drama or you know in, in other type of genres of movies but it seems like horror is a place that kind of gives him the space to do that kind of thing yeah yeah absolutely absolutely it's open i feel like he really allowed us to see how much you can do with horror so now we're excited to see how far he kind of pushes things yeah not just him but with all the other movies he'll inspire all the other directors mm-hmm. he'll inspire I think that's how you really set the domino effect by getting that one, you know, that one movie that's champion, that one movie that's celebrated. That's not what you tend to be. Like it's not the norm, you know. Yeah. Get Out was not the norm. Watching that At movie all. didn't feel like something that I've seen uh, regularly. And you have to imagine there's probably a lot of film students, you know, screenwriters, uh, the whole nine who. If you're depending on what I mean, any age, but if you're especially if you're a younger, younger person, and you right. see that, like that's probably your standard now. Mm-hmm. That's probably like the thing you're looking at, saying, "I, I want to write a Get Out," like something yeah. that has that kind of impact, that has that kind of uh, that's critically acclaimed in that kind of way, but also mm. is so on the nose for the audience you're trying to make it for. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Um, I appreciated how. I think horror noir really sort of laid out the stereotypes that became sort of a moral conundrum for these actors, as you were saying, yo, like when like faced with these roles, it's like, do they choose them or not? You know, Mm -hmm. like, especially like when it comes to like actors of color, it's like they, it's like if they don't get that role, they might not get another role because more often than not, it's like if the role's race is non-specified, they Mm -hmm. usually mean white unless right. they mean it explicitly and uh night of the living dead was such a remarkable exception where apparently it was a colorblind casting for the lead right mm-hmm. so it's amazing to see all those stereotypes um like sort of laid out um but then also i think i think what's really remarkable is that i think when get out did come out um people had so i noticed just in most of the feature writing there seemed to be very few reference points for that movie they quote a night of the living dead sure and then they might have talked about another film here and there maybe they brought up like a blackula or maybe they brought up um oh what's the other movie that he ended up referencing it's okay like there were there was but there was either way there was like a 50 maybe like a 50 year gap Mm-hmm. between so the references and yeah, get out right, right? Yeah, 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 and this yeah. provi- couldn't even go back to the 90s <laughs> right, right, like right. This, so. this provided such a completest history as to right. the trials and the tribulations and the and the strides however significant insignificant they may have been for someone like a Meryl Streep that all like black Hollywood would have had to overcome in order to get this far and um it's amazing that the film was able to kind of cover all that. And for that reason, it makes me appreciate like a get out like much more, you know what I mean? Because like, it's like shit. It's not that there was a lack of interest or that there was a lack of stories. It wasn't for a lack of effort. It was just kind of like, well, Hollywood thought that only certain shit sells. 
that LL Cool J's got to die within the first 30 minutes. I don't know whether yeah. he does. He seems like a tough guy. I wouldn't believe that. For yeah, you would think you know that LL, I mean. yeah, you would think that yeah. LL would be able to like handle himself. Like, he's talking about like one guy with the mask. I can see if there was like a million Michael Myers. But right. Like, one guy. LL fought off a, ho- a home invader naked. Like, <laughs> I, think he could, I think he could beat up Michael Myers. Like, I'm just taking L in that. In that uh, I would have bet on him. I'll yeah, bet on yeah, LL. I'm betting on L. <laughs> um, one of the parts of uh, horror noir that struck me the most was the story of uh, George Romero taking the the film cans of Night of the Living Dead, oh like driving God. them up to New York, and then hearing that Martin Luther King got killed on the radio. That like for like 15 seconds, I was stuck. Like I, I missed whatever happened the minute and a half after they told that story because I was just thinking, that's crazy, right? And I guess the context of knowing, okay, this movie is like going to be something way different than even what we have in this can right now. The way it's going to be perceived by people is going to be way different now than what we edited and thought this was. Even giving the you know the film a black protagonist who is the, you know the strong able-bodied person who pretty much lives until the end, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, that just took me back. I didn't think to. I didn't think I was gonna hear that kind of historical, artistic correlation when I stopped to watch this. But that's kind of the burden with like being the first, right? Or like in his case, like you know, with Night of the Living Dead, you're presenting like the first black male protagonist like in a horror movie, right? It's like no matter what would have happened, even if King didn't get shot, it still would have been emblematic of like, okay, this is this is emblematic of the horrors that's going on in the civil rights era. Like right. I don't think King King would have had to get shot for in order for that to be drawn up. But because it's happening in this particular time, like, I don't know. I it's just like when you take on a role like that and when you do that sort of casting, colorblind casting, it's gonna have significance like no matter what. And, you know, like it's gonna hold that weight. For sure. Yeah. It has to. It has been established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life and committing acts of murder. A widespread investigation of reports from funeral homes, morgues, and hospitals has concluded that the unburied dead are coming back to life and seeking human victims. It's hard for us here to believe what we're reporting to you, but it does seem to be a fact. And it really does speak to like how films and directors and writers some things based on your time frame you will not be able to pit outside your work like it's going to inspire you the state of the state of the country is going to inspire what you write in some form or fashion like it has to come out in some way even if it's not intentional you can't erase where you're from or the time period that you're living in i think as artists you're easily able to absorb so much and put it down in a way that when you look at it you're like wow that's a time period piece right well, that's what makes me interested about us in um, Jordan Peele's uh, upcoming movie that I'm, I know he said it's not about race mm. in that kind of way, the same kind of way that Get Out was, but I'm interested in what the, there will be a message in there. I refuse to believe mm-hmm. that he just did a mindless movie that doesn't, isn't rooted in something tangible that we all know to be true, or at least those of us with good sense know to be true. <laughs> So I'm just wondering how he's going to posit that message. Because I mean you keep it's not an accident that this is an all black family and mm-hmm. and the idea is confronting yourself. Mm-hmm. So 
I mean, you can't, you know, you can't separate being black from being yourself. So I just figure in some way that has there has to be something in there that I feel like is going to be um obviously like a big foundation of what's scary about this movie. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I guess I'm interested in to see how he plays with that and what that means. You think the social commentary is going to be wrapped into what makes it frightening? Yeah, I think yeah. I don't it mm-hmm. might not be an overt thing about, you know, whatever they're confronting maybe maybe not be a race thing, but I just feel like it has to have that in there some kind of way. And I have no idea how he's going to do it because I still don't know what the fuck this movie is. Yeah, I have no clue <laughs> what this movie is about. So, I guess this is where we're at with that. He's really good at trailers cuz I don't think he's I, amazing I don't think I thought trailers. Get Out was going to be what Get Out is. I thought it was a fake movie. Honestly, you thought Get Out was a, was a troll. I thought it was a Catfish, troll. Filmfish? Yes, I thought you know how people put a lot of money in making something fake, like, yeah. like the Power Rangers thing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, like making a three-minute trailer for a movie that's never going to be never going to exist. But it feels like oh my god, yeah, that's like some Sasha Baron Cohen shit. When I first saw it, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, this is going to be a skit or something. I didn't think it was going to be a feature film in the way that it was. But going and seeing the whole movie, like you can't see the trailer and then see the movie. It's whatever the trailer shows you, you're not gonna believe what the movie holds. Right. That's why I'm excited about us is the trailer's just a touch of whatever else is gonna be in that film. And I have no clue what it is. And the thing that's dope about that is that I feel like with the you seen the second Us trailer? No, I haven't. So the first one, you know, everybody loved the trailer. It was creepy, it was scary. They had the Loonies five on it in there, then they freaked the <laughs> yeah. five on it, it made it creepy. They freaked it was it. like something crazy. And the second trailer doesn't have any of that in it, and it's just as terrifying, if not more so than the first one. What does it have then? How much more I mean, terrifying can it be? It's right. pretty much I mean, some of the shots are the same. They show you a little bit. They show you a couple of different shots, but they still don't tell you anything. There's no context. You still don't understand what's happening, and there's no loonies. But it's it's more creepy in the traditional horror movie sense of a trailer. Whereas the first one, you might have thought it was creepy for various. But people almost spent the first trailer like smiling and laughing because of the loonies. It was so yeah. it was such a good song that they could actually make people it happy. Like it was a vibe. Man. Yeah, it was a vibe. It wasn't terrifying. It nah. was like, oh, this is dope. Like I want to go see this. This is exciting. Whatever. I'm in the minority on that part. No, you didn't think it was fun. Well, seeing the song in the horror context, I was like, fuck out of here. <laughs> I feel like, he, you know, he like, he deceived me. I thought this was going to be a fun family vacation mm-hmm. film. It did look like Starring Chevy family. Chase. <laughs> and some marijuana references. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes on you. <laughs> Everyone's going to die. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm not ready for this family to die. I just want you to know. Like, right, I'm and that's the other part, already. too. Like, you're facing yourself, yourself, your your inner demon or whatever it is is trying to kill you. So like, you have to watch Lupita kill herself. You have to watch children kill themselves. See, I don't know. See, I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, gonna be man. tough. They're so lovable. Like even the trailer, it's amazing. Just, kids. Just wanna have a a holiday summer break you know like a regular family mm-hmm. can we just have that movie <laughs> can we just do can <laughs> we just have do like spin off the, the johnson yeah, family well, vacation well, version right? <laughs> everything's just sunny and fun that just would a, be dope like the double disc it's a two-hour movie about the family on vacation yeah having a let good me time. buy that let me buy that jordan oh my god i'm not mad at that actually oh man so now that we've watched this documentary i'm interested in like 
what films you'd be interested in seeing now that you have seen this. Again, not, as somebody who's like not a horror aficionado, I immediately wanted to go see uh, like Tales, Tales of the Hood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. You should definitely see because that of the looked Hood. like canon to me. I yeah. Like, yeah. Perfect. No. Yeah. You should definitely see uh, Tales from. Did the they Hood. used to play it on BET? Yeah. Growing up, I feel like I've seen a couple of the episodes, like because it's episodic, right? So it's like four, four movies. Yeah, it's oh, like four, four stories, stories, four stories. Oh, four stories. Yeah, yeah, four stories inside the movie. I think I've seen like one or two, but never all four. So oh, okay. I'm with Christina. I want to go back and like sit and watch that. Yeah. No. Like the 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 David Allen Greer part with the uh domestic violence oh my god um the little uh nigglets they call yeah. the little, the small, little. <laughs> little small revolting black people that come take the, the racist politician uh-huh. that one is great um the one with uh clarence uh clarence williams williamson I'm probably butchering this man's name right now. Ah, the shit. Yeah, no, Tales from the uh Tales from the Hood is a classic. Okay. Tales from the Hood is definitely classic. I wanna see the uh the Ganja and Hess. Yeah. yeah. Ganja and Hess looks kind of interesting. I I'd never heard of Ganja and Hess in any way, shape, or form. I didn't know that there was even a thing that existed, but um but horror noir definitely piqued my interest, so I'll be going home to like scour Netflix yeah. or Hulu or somewhere. Homework. Yeah, or yeah it won a claim at like cons or like some yeah, fancy yeah, film yeah. festival, but then it came to America and was like, nope, this film well, is too smart. Well, that was the funny part. Like I felt it as soon as they said it got a standing ovation at con. I was like, oh, this movie must have bombed oh, in America. I've never heard of I've never heard of this ever before and everybody in con loves it yes this shit was terrible in the American theater for whatever reason like it was a guarantee that when they said yeah. the people at con loved it I was like oh yeah 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 we probably didn't fuck with it too tough <laughs> at, that, at that point but I'm interested in going back and seeing it because I mean I guess I want to see what the people at con saw I, right. I imagine that was a largely white crowd if not like all white crowd. Was that, there was the 80s? How many black people could have been at con in the 80s? Yo, two. <laughs> two both. tops. And they both carrying trays with like spritzers on them. Like, I can't imagine there was many black people in that crowd. So yeah, I, I need to see what that's about. I like how the movie looked like it was shot. It seemed like it was very well put together. For sure, the cinematography seemed very it was popping. Yeah. And then he had what, a Rolls Royce? He was yeah, driving around yeah, in, mm-hmm. in the 80s? Yeah, in the, in the 80s. 80s. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like, how right. is not hip-hop? That's hip-hop. That, that's <laughs> very hip-hop. That's hip-hop. He was basically Offset. Yo. That was the vibe I was getting, yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I have Ganja to go. and Hess has my attention, for sure. I got to go see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Attack on the Block. And yeah, and see Attack on the Block when it came out. But I remember it highly recommended from a bunch of people I knew. I never got around to it, but... That's another one they mentioned that was like one of the later movies they mentioned as far as like how we had a black hero and able to stop an alien invasion. That's something I still don't think I've ever seen before. The closest I've seen to, and he didn't even really do all the saving. I would say Independence Day, but the 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 crazy the crazy cuckoo uncle was the one that had to ultimately like fly his plane up to you know the thing. So it wasn't even like. I mean, Will Smith did some heroing. I yeah, guess, but, but you can't really give him the whole. Bag. You didn't really get the whole. Like, you didn't die for this, bro. Like, <laughs> you didn't really die for this, bro. You still got your family and everything. Like, 
That's what's yeah. up. Shout out to Will Smith. Man, I changed my answer. <laughs> <laughs> what's your answer now? I really want to see the craft now because Rachel oh, yeah. was the best commentator in this. True. She forgot like one of her fellow characters saying, what's her name? She was talking <laughs> about how the the evolution of black horror like puts to rest this notion of manifest destiny. I think she said manifest destiny was a yeah. lie. Right. I would work <laughs> to support Just for that. her a, a thousand yeah. percent. Yeah, Rachel yeah. True is definitely one of the best parts of this documentary. Like easily. Her her commentary, um, the looks on her face, <laughs> the historical references. She's fine as hell and she might be fifty at this point. What she are your skincare secrets? She might legit be fifty. Like no bullshit. I, yeah, I don't know what she uses. She's like that Lake Minnetonka water or something. I don't <laughs> what the fuck that shit. Man, <laughs> Rachel True. Rachel. Yeah, Rachel right. True. Right. She needs to be in a two chains video. Yes, just so Rachel True can have like True. Oh my god! Oh. I, just not, I need I need Rachel True in a two chains video. Wait, oh, could two chains be in a Blackula remake? Absolutely. <laughs> oh my are you kidding me? They can have my money right now. I'll prepay fifteen dollars <laughs> for a movie that doesn't exist. If two chains could be, oh man, it just Versace, like, him and a cape, him and a cape. It's like he's made for a cape. What are we talking yeah. about? This Ooh. fire. Yo, we no. give away a lot of money on this podcast. Yeah. Boy, I tell Season you, two, Invoice Boy, idea can number we, one. Can we get that? Happen? Like someone call somebody. Yeah, somebody get somebody on the phone. Someone put it together because it's perfect. Oh man, this is too perfect. Oh man. Yes. Sorry. Some things just make sense. <laughs> yeah, and that's a no-brainer. Like that's, that's a, a super no-brainer. Hour and thirty minutes I would pay for. Yeah, man. And you treat it like an album. Like he doesn't have to. He can be like Blackula, but you get him like some good like features. Yeah. If you can, if you can get like if you can get Eddie Murphy, if you can get uh, Mike Epps, or like attach some like comedic so, names yeah, to this thing and make it a thing. Absolutely, uh, two chains to be Blackula. Cool. I like where this is going. I'm trying to see if we can call. We got to get this to the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to talk to somebody. Somebody yes. yeah, some yeah, yeah. company has to pick up. Get Street is X on the phone, man. We yes. Got a conversation. Well, thank you so much to our producer, Michael Saba, for putting us on to Horror Noir. Yeah, Horror man. Noir is streaming exclusively over at Shudder. Shout out of, to the good people at Shudder. Absolutely. Shout out to uh, the director again, uh, Xavier Burgeon. This is, this is a really, this is dope. This is dope. This is a, it's a very, very dope. Necessary. Yeah, very necessary. Very timely. And um, yeah, 